Greetings, creeps, and welcome to Horror Girl Problems, the podcast slash videocast. Thanks for listening, Mom. And Nephew Noah, shout out to my nephew also listening. That puts us at two viewers. I've got another treat in store for you today. Author Mary Parker is joining us with her short story, Moonlight. Obviously, today I am dressed as Awu, the werewolf of Elm Street. And now, let's get right into Moonlight. Outside St. Dymphna's church, Halloween blew out into the city like the leaves that had fallen from the giant oaks that lined its parking lot. Up and down the neighborhood on either side of the street, plump, freshly cut jack-o'-lanterns sat guard on every porch and stoop, their orange faces childlike masks that mixed happiness and horror. Picket fences were lined with ghosts made of tattered cloth, Father Callahan had seen many All Hollows in his years as the head of this parish. He knew his fair share of souls that were little more than walking ghosts. But from the moment he stepped out of bed, something was different about this one. Maybe it was the deep breath of crisp air that bit into his lungs. Maybe the clouds were a little darker. Maybe the leaves fell heavier. The knotted limbs of the trees somehow more burdened by dropping their yellow and crimson bounty. He wasn't sure but he knew something was going to happen. He hoped it would be nothing more than a few rambunctious trick-or-treaters, maybe some ego-inflated teens who thought a little church vandalism was the perfect cap to this year's festivities. Toilet paper scraps and eggs are easy to clean. Blood is not. The day had been unremarkable. Hardly any patrons had come into the sanctuary. Mrs. Evans, whose husband died on Halloween a few years back, came and lit a candle. She knelt behind the first pew and stared plaintively at the stained-glass portraits of the crucifixion that hung on either side of the altar. Outside, the distant hum of cars driving up and down the street was steady. Yet there had been an unearthly silence that hung over the building itself like smog. As dusk fell, Callahan began to relax. Soon Father Marin would come and take up watch for the night. He milled around the sanctuary, absent-mindedly fixing hymnals that weren't even out of place, straightening cushions that hung slightly over the edge of the wooden pews. Callahan opened one of the front doors to let in some cool autumn air and hear some sort of noise from outside, connect with the life buzzing outside his house of worship. The yells of children echoed in from the street. A young boy, evidently a zombie, chased a few schoolgirls, bellowing, "'Brains! Brains!' The girls screeched and ran from him, their footfalls heavy as they carried their sacks of candy. Their laughter still rung in Callahan's ears when he noticed a young man walk in and go straight into the confessional. He was obviously afraid, maybe even on the run from someone. His brown hair stuck up in all directions and his clothes hung from him, a haphazard lump of denim and plaid. The man was young, maybe 25, but his grave expression and appearance aged him. His staggering walk and worn-down exterior said that perhaps he was running from something. He very well could be an addict. They sometimes came in begging for help or some sort of advice to help them beat their vices. What demons did this man face, the father wondered. Callahan walked to the confessional and put his purple silk stole around his neck. Before entering the stall, he kissed the rosary that he kept in his pocket. Its burgundy beads and the details on the figure of Christ were faded. His mother had given it to him when he was an altar boy. It had been his father's. When Father Callahan entered the confessional, which was built into the walls on the church, the young man knelt to his left. A crucifix hung on the grill that separated them. The man hurriedly crossed himself and whispered, Bless me, Father, for I have sinned. My last confession was six months ago. Before Callahan could say anything, the man began to pray as if in a trance. It was almost a chant. Oh my God, I am heartily sorry for having offended you, and I detest all my sins, because I dread the loss of heaven and the pains of hell. But most of all, I have offended you, my God, who is good and deserving of all my love. For these and all the sins of my life, I firmly resolve with the help of your grace to confess, to do penance, and to amend my life with absolution from you. Amen. His voice got louder and louder as he spoke. Callahan took the split-second break to interject. My son, what sins do you need to confess? My name is Max Harrison, and don't say my name isn't necessary. It is. You need to know who I am, because tomorrow you may need to go to the authorities. Why would I need to do that? 
Are you planning to hurt yourself or someone else? Callahan's heartbeat quickened. He had never dealt with someone in confession who may be dangerous. The man spoke faster and faster, as if his tongue could not get the words out as fast as his brain produced them. I remembered reading somewhere that the beast always seeks to destroy the ones it loves most, to kill. I've tried so hard to keep it away, I really have, but I can feel it. Max's voice cracked as he choked back tears. The change is coming, crawling through my veins like chunky sludge, clawing its way up the back of my throat, every inch pushing itself like rancid, burning bile. It's behind my eyes. I see visions of pentagrams, devil symbols. When I look at my wife and daughter, all I can see is meat, flesh and blood. I can almost taste the bone marrow. I know when it finally reaches my brain, I'll go mad. He began to cry. When I change, I won't be able to stop myself. You have to help me. You have to stop me. Stop you from what? He had never heard anything like this before in his life. A beast? Occult symbols? The stale air of the booth hung in Father Callahan's lungs. He held his breath. You have to stop me from... turning. Max growled the word. If I turn, I'll kill them, Father. I know I will. Callahan knew he needed to keep Max talking so that he could devise a plan. He needed to talk him down and get him to agree to stay put so that the authorities could come. He touched his rosary, comforted by the familiar grooves of the cross. Max, tell me about your family. How long have you been married? Six years. The infection, I guess you'd call it, happened the night of our anniversary last month. We went out to dinner and went for a walk in the park afterward. I was attacked, bitten, at the park. They stitched me up at the hospital, but within three days it was healed. My wife says you can barely see the scar, but I can see it. It's a five-pointed star. Who attacked you? I don't know! Anger flashed in the man's tone. His mood was swinging. Okay, Max, no problem. Tell me about your wife. His tone softened. She's so beautiful. She has auburn hair. When I met her, I knew instantly we were going to be together forever. It's like she and I are two halves of the same person. Max mindlessly played with the hem of his plaid shirt as he envisioned their last night together, entwined in passion. They had destroyed the bedsheets. He had been almost animalistic. Afterward, his wife cuddled against his chest as they calmed down. She liked to listen to his heartbeat. The ceiling fan blew a soft, cool breeze over their skin, and Max reveled in their intimacy. No one knew him as well as she did. She knew every flaw, every hope, each dashed dream and awful thought, yet her love never faltered. Max knew he would end her life because he loved her just as much. The priest's voice cut into his daydream. What has been happening that you want to harm your wife? What did she do? She didn't do anything, but I'm cursed, so now she's cursed too. Max was angry again, snarling. Callahan tried to redirect. Max, tell me about your daughter. Surely she hasn't done anything to make you want to harm her. Of course she hasn't. My little Vera, she's perfect. It's like I walked around with a hole inside of me that I never knew was there. The moment they handed her to me in the hospital, the instant I saw her big blue eyes, I was whole. Max began to cry again. They're both the best thing that's ever happened to me and I'll destroy them just because they made the mistake of loving me too. Max sobbed. He could envision his daughter's beautiful brown curls, which they always kept in a pony. He could see little Vera, his little lady, curls bouncing as she ran around their backyard, squealing with laughter as she jumped on their swing with her belly. She kicked her legs off the ground hard and pushed herself up. She flew through the air. Her hair was always crowned with a bow that matched her outside. Four years old. So innocent. Callahan took Max's tears to be a good sign. He would ask him to say his penance in the booth so a hasty call could be put to the police station just a block away. As Callahan stood to leave, the man on the other side of the latticework began to wheeze. His breath was loud, labored, pained. Through gritted teeth and low growls, he said, My wife's name is Joey, Josephine Harrison. She needs to be found, hidden away. Max, what are you going to do to your wife? A faint scratching sound, long, sharp fingernails along the inside of the booth. The young man's voice was nearly unrecognizable. I can't stop it. Can't stop. It's coming. The beast is here. God, help me. 
The young man howled an anguished cry like a wounded animal. Father Callahan froze. No man could make such a sound. Through the dim light, he tried to make out Max's figure. He wanted to say something to him, but his words were stagnant, dead in his throat. The young man was no longer a man at all. His silhouette shifted, pulsing and rippling like waves of flesh. Painful, desperate cries hurt Callahan's ears as the shape, a mass of skin and hair, began to thrash against the confessional. The thin wood of the walls buckled against the growing weight. A piece of Max's flannel shirt, now bloodied, hit the grill. The thing hit the barricade again, flinging itself violently from side to side. The wall that separated them splintered in a million directions. A few pieces of wood lodged in Father Callahan's face, but he did not feel the pain. He backed away. All he saw was the beast. It was doubled over and doubled in size, flailing limbs gone to all fours. Its knees and elbows bent outward with the distinct pop, ripping cartilage. It let out another howl as its bones ripped out of socket. The thin, pale skin that stretched across the bloodied naked body turned blue and then purple, as if bruised, before settling into a dark gray, like coal smoldered in hellfire. The brown hair that had stuck in every direction was now everywhere. The thing was completely covered. The sprouting hair erupted in a swirling pattern across the now canine legs. Max's feet turned a dead, dull, purple-gray. The toes lengthened with a hundred tiny popping sounds, like stiff arthritic digits. Its toenails turned black and thick, inch-long claws. Its ribcage was clearly visible, but covered in lean muscle. The howls turned to growls. It shook its head deliberately, trying to shake off its affliction. Callahan stared in disbelief. The beast turned and looked at him. It clearly had Max's face, big brown eyes and a thin nose, the cheekbones unmistakably the same. But then the face began to shift. His cheeks fell in and his nose turned square. Callahan heard the grinding sound of crushed bone. It snarled at him and flung its head back, elongated teeth erupted from gums. Bloody drool flew and hit Father Callahan's face. As its head came back down, the priest knew it to be the face of a wolf. But it still had Max's face, a demonic melding of physiques. The flailing stopped as the transformation neared an end. The thing gained its footing, and instinctively, Father Callahan ran as fast as he could down the steps and into the street, running, he knew, for his very life. Callahan had recurring nightmares, so he knew the fear that paralyzed him. But it did not stop him now. The chilled night air, cold moonlight, and melodious caterwauling that sounded behind him headed in another direction would not haunt him as much as the sight of the wolf with the boy's face. He would never forget that face. A demon. Evidence that hell was on earth walking among us. The beast did not follow him. It ran to its own destination, unhindered by the people celebrating this dark holiday. Callahan could hear cries of fear, but not pain. He looked at the crucifix and rubbed the ruby beads between his fingertips, a reminder that all but one on earth has died. All will die, even him. Father Callahan wondered where the demon had headed and if the police would get there in time. He wondered who the beast would reach first, girl or woman. He wondered whom the beast's sorrowful howl sang for. There was a name in the sound, a desperate plea that only the damned could understand. Ah, woo! Ta-da! Mary, that's a fun one. Tragic as shit. But that's part of the thing I love about werewolf stories. The awareness leading up to transformation. That blackout period of that animalistic awfulness that occurs during the transformation. While transformed. And then the aftermath. Woo! That was fun. I love, I love a good, I love werewolf stories and there's just not enough of them. So thank you for that. All right, and with that, let's get Mary in here. Let's have a chat with the one and only Mary Parker. Right. Hello, Mary, for the first time Hi. ever in, in my life. We haven't done this ever before. So nice to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Angel. Welcome to Horgo Problems. It's great to have you. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. <laughs> let's, what do you, we have a bat? We have a beautiful bat yes. costume going on here? I'm the bat queen. <laughs> Got everything bat. <laughs> I love it. I love it. 
Happy Halloween. You wrote an amazing werewolf story. And this is actually going to be our special on Halloween episode. Yes, I'm very excited. (laughs) That's really cool. (laughs) So I feel like we don't get enough werewolf stories. We have a lot of vampire stories, which I love. I'm a big vampire fan. But I fucking love me some werewolves. And there are not a ton of werewolf stories out there. No, there's not. There needs to be more. (laughs) There needs to be more. What inspired you to make a werewolf story specifically? Yeah, so I have always loved werewolves ever since I was a little kid, three years old, loved the original Wolfman. And I've always been intrigued by the idea that werewolves are doomed to kill the people that they love. And I thought that's not like explored enough mm-hmm. in movies or in stories. So that was a story I decided I was going to tell. If you were a werewolf and you knew you were going to kill the people that you loved, what would you do? I love that. And I've always loved that aspect of the werewolf, uh, like the werewolf lore. Like when you see them, like Lon Chaney Jr. like glancing up at the moon and like, chain me up, like lock me away. Just no one's believing me and I'm trying to save your asses and no one is believing. I know that I'm going to do terrible shit and I can't help myself from doing terrible shit. Which is the worst. Like that is so awful in terms of being (laughs) like a monster that you can't control it. But then on top of it, oh, I'm going to kill everybody that I love. (laughs) And having the awareness of it. You have the awareness yes. before and after. You, I guess, like kind of black yeah. out when you're in your right. supernatural animal stage. But you right. you have to deal with the aftermath. You have to deal with that tear of leading up to it. Yeah. And then you have to come back in for the aftermath and having to deal with the consequences of it. Yeah. And if you didn't deal with it correctly, <laughs> yeah. you killed everybody that you <laughs> You just ate your whole family, bro. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Because vampires don't have to do that shit. Like, they have the bloodlust, no. and I get that. But it's like, you don't really ever see a vampire like, I accidentally ate my mom, you know? Like, right. <laughs> right, exactly. But a yeah. werewolf, it's like, I ate my mom and my dad and my grandma, two of my aunts. Yeah, I just slaughtered. Yeah. I just slaughtered everybody, and, and I don't remember it. Yeah. I just did it. And now I'm coming home all exhausted. <laughs> And I just woke up dead. naked in the woods, hung over as fuck, and half the town right. is dead. I don't know. What everybody's happened. dead. It was a wild night. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the, the worst trip ever. <laughs> oh yeah, man, it's rough. So rough. <laughs> so I love also that you set this. One, the fact that it's set on Halloween night, like I'm fucking yeah. me up with Halloween night stories all like forever. I love that. Yeah. Uh, but also the fact that it's in a church, like it's set in a church, it's set in a confessional, which also adds to that, like horribly tragic. Like I know yeah. I'm going to do something bad and I don't want to do something bad. And I want help to not do right. this horrible thing that I'm about yeah. to do. Um, and that's just always such like that tragic part of werewolf lore for me, which it adds this really yeah. cool kind of layer to it. Yeah. I just thought that has it been done before, mm-hmm. but it seems natural to me. Right. Like for certain people, if you knew that you were going to do this, you can't go to the cops. <laughs> cops are going to think you're nuts. It's going to be like monster squad. <laughs> Lock me up. Boom. <laughs> Sorry, dude. You know, but well, they might believe you at church. Right. They <laughs> might help you. <laughs> Take me to church. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Also, this had like such a cool transformation scene in the story. Like Thank it was you. very, very visual. And yeah. the, specifically the line of the bloody drool, like hitting the priest yeah. in the face. And I was like, God, that's disgusting. and so amazing. Right. <laughs> right. I wanted you to really feel it. Yeah. That was the thing. I really wanted you to feel the character's pain. Yes. Not only a pain of pain and fear of what they would do or could do you know, if this doesn't work out, but also the pain of the transformation. Yes. I feel like that would be really. Yes. That's another thing about the werewolf stories always. I'm like, it sounds and looks painful as shit when they're going through these transformations. Yes, yes for <laughs> sure. I'm like, on one hand, it's like kind of cool. But on the other hand, I'm like, it always looks really painful and you do really bad things when you transform. Yes. Physically and emotionally. Yes. Awful. Yeah. Like breaking of the bones always and like the fucking, yes. you just hear everything cracking and they're like breaking in ways. And I'm like, oh my God. Nope. Nope. No, thank you. <laughs> just make me a vampire. It's fine. I'll appreciate werewolves from afar. <laughs> right. Right. And none of this werewolves that just turn into a wolf bullshit. 
No, 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 no. Like, no, be like no, you actually turn into a supernatural thing. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> like, it's not, you're not a shapeshifter. You're not just like, poof, now I'm a wolf right. prancing through the woods. No, it's agony no, this, and it's pain yeah, and it's chaos. A monster. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I want, I want the gnarly stuff. Yes. Give me that. All of that. All right. Are you ready for your questions? Yes. Let's do it. Uh, who's your favorite final girl? I'm going to go with Aaron from your next. Okay. Yeah. Cause, because I feel like a lot of final girls like, yeah, they're fighting against the killer or whatever, but they're more like normal people, mm-hmm. you know, but just kind of struggling to get through it. Right. Which is great. But I love the trope that you mess with the wrong person. <laughs> okay. She is just coming in badass. You think you're going to kill this family? Nope. <laughs> That's what I love. You uh, fucked with the wrong girl. Exactly. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's a cool trope. <laughs> yeah. And I love that it can like go that way for like the hero or it can go for like a villain. Because mm-hmm. that movie very easily could have been that she's awful. Yeah. You didn't know it. You know, <laughs> right. you could have like Joyride where you mess with the wrong trucker. <laughs> and now he's coming to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> and now he's hunting you down, Candy Cane. Yeah. Forever. <laughs> yes. So good. Or you could have like John Wick. Oh, fuck. Oh, you think you think you're gonna kill this dude's dog and take his car? Oh, guess what? He's the boogeyman and he is going to <laughs> annihilate everything you love. <laughs> He's not just a regular dude. You should not have picked that guy. <laughs> oh, I, I do love John Wick. I gotta say. Uh, I love anything Keanu does. He can like do no wrong for me, really. <laughs> I was never into Keanu Reeves. And then I watched John wow. Wick and I was like, yes, yes, okay, okay now I'm on board. <laughs> That was nearly blasphemy, never into Keanu Reeves, but then you saved it. At the Sorry. End. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Go back and watch the entire filmography. All right. Yes. <laughs> All right. What's your most traumatic horror experience? Okay. Like everybody else, I was eight. <laughs> oh, everybody is eight. There's something That's the, about- the magic age. That's like the horrific age. If you're going to be the monster right. kid, it's going to happen when you're eight. <laughs> right. So like little Mary- have always been around monster movies. Like, were you in a horror-loving family? Uh, just me and my dad. We we were like the horror kids in the family, yeah. <laughs> yeah, my dad was too, and it trickled down to us. And so, like, I had seen all the, like, kid-appropriate movies, like the Universal Monsters and all of that. Mm-hmm. So I knew Frankenstein, and I was way ahead of everybody else in, like, reading level. So I had read, like, the kids' versions of the novels and stuff. Like, I knew what was going on. There's a new version of Frankenstein with Robert De Niro. Let's check it out. <laughs> Have you ever seen it? No. Right. So, <laughs> man, it's brutal. So, we're watching this movie. I remember, I can just, you know, picture the family's living room, the exact way it looked back then. Got my dad on the couch, then my mom next to him, me curled up with like a pillow and a blanket. <laughs> my brother's over here. It's movie night. We're going to watch this new Frankenstein. We're all pumped. We love the monster movies. And so it's it all tracks with the novel. Everything is like <laughs> it is. And then the monster tells Victor Frankenstein, make me a mate or I'm going to be with you on your wedding night. Which tracks? That's in the novel too. <laughs> but of course, he doesn't make her a bride, just like in the novel. So they're having their wedding night and they start having a love scene, which, woo, I was right at the beginning of movie, like I was sort of understood. So I kind of got excited. My parents are fast forwarding, covering my eyes. And then it's over and they're like, something's going on. So Victor leaves. Helena Bonham Carter plays the wife, Elizabeth. She looks up, boom, monster right there. And the next thing you know, it jump cuts. He's on top of her with his like hand covering her mouth so she can't scream. And then he rips her still beating heart out of her chest (laughs) and just throws it across the room. And then Victor comes back in and he just throws her body off the bed like she's trash. Oh, oh my God. Nightmares. All night of that monster ripping my heart out or killing my husband or something. 
had to sleep in my parents' room. Oh, that's the part that your parents probably should have fast forwarded. The like, <laughs> right, right. They had no idea it was going to come. Yeah. That's not in the novel. My dad said he looked at me and my eyes were like, I was gone. I was gone. And then, so I didn't tell you before, I'll tell you now. Victor goes and he makes her into a creature. Oh. Because he wants spoilers on a 20 year old movie, wants his wife back. And she realizes what he's done to her. And she sets herself on fire and then jumps off a balcony. And I'm eight years old seeing this. It's brutal. That's a, like that's a seriously, seriously brutal, intensely violent retelling right? of this story. Right. Hard left turn, man. That movie took a hard left. And to see that when you were eight. Okay. Yes. That's- <laughs> yes. I was way too young. Way too young. Oh, fuck. Okay. I need to check out that version. I'm glad I'm not eight, yeah. but uh, right. it still, it still sounds intense, though. I feel like that's just a it's yeah. a heart thing is I'm always like what the fuck like <laughs> right? so and it is a good effect and it's good it's just nope I'm done and I still don't want to watch it even <laughs> as an adult like no thanks no thanks that's I saw it so weird about like childhood trauma stuff you know what I mean it's like no thank you I saw yeah. that once and it was plenty <laughs> yeah that was the one and I'm done <laughs> all right oh man all right what is your favorite horror franchise all right, so I wanted to say the Slumber Party Massacre franchise. Yeah. <laughs> because it's the only franchise that I know of that's written and directed by women. Mm-hmm. I don't think any of that exists anywhere else, and we need more of it. Hell yes, women in horror. It, Bring it. Yes. And the <laughs> second one with the rockabilly driller killer is next level. Like they took Slasher <laughs> and went, we're going to make this so kick ass. We're going to take Grease and a slasher film and kind of try to make them have a baby and it's not really working, but we're going to yes. use this anyway. <laughs> yes, and it's I magical. It. It's fucking magic. Yes. I love it so much. <laughs> That's mine and my husband's new movie that we just kind of discovered. Like I had uh, seen it before, amazing. but yeah. it didn't really click with me. But now over quarantine, we saw it and it was like, <laughs> yep. That's the that's the new one that we're gonna you know send each other uh, gifts and stuff. Quarantine appreciation is a a new level of love for things. Yes, like that we read a yes. uh, You know, so I was like, you know, I could pick that, but what is like a different franchise that people haven't said on here, but overall has the most quality films? Uh-huh. I feel like a lot of franchises. We love them. They're great. Not not saying anything against them, but some of those movies suck. They're yes. not that good. You're asking for high quality consistently in right. a franchise. That's a big ask, I feel like. <laughs> I know. I know, but it can be done. Oh, let's you hear it. Gotta watch Child's Play. <laughs> ah, okay. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like the not the new one. The new one, forget that. They okay. didn't involve Don Mancini. Like all seven movies written by Don Mancini. He put his vision into this whole series. And it's so good. The only one that's kind of iffy is Cedar Chucky. Okay. You know? <laughs> so what's your number one from that franchise? I went back and watched some of them this past weekend. And I think my favorite is just do back-to-back double feature of the two newer ones, okay. Curse of Chucky and Cult of Chucky. Okay. They're so good. Like they took the killer doll into a different realm. Like one, like totally different style, like almost like psychological thriller. Is the doll killing them or is they not, or is it not? You know, we know of course that it is. <laughs> and then Colt just went batshit. Okay. Crazy. And I love, I love the two of them together with Fiona Dorif taking over the reins from her father. So nice. how can you ask for better than that? <laughs> I love it. High quality. All right. Yes. <laughs> That's going to be my next double feature. I love that. <laughs> I like that answer. And I appreciate the thought that went into that, into that, uh, like finding something that's consistent quality in a franchise. Like, like I right. said, it's a big ask. <laughs> yeah. I know. Ryan said Evil Dead and I will agree with him for sure. Yeah. But I had to pick something else. You're, you're like, I got to think out of the box. Let's pick something. Yeah. Here. Yeah. All so right. let's do something with more films. Yeah. <laughs> You get to the child's play. I dig it. 
Evil Dead is a solid franchise, though, for sure. Yes. <laughs> okay. Is there any horror film that you would like to see rebooted or remade? So there was this movie. I felt like it's kind of like a, I don't it's not a sleeper, because that means it's like a hit. It's like underrated, under the radar. In 1997, there was this monster movie that came out called The Relic. And it's got Tom Sizemore and Penelope Ann Miller, where there's this monster loose in the Natural History Museum in Chicago. It's so good. Love it. So good. But it's based off of a novel that's the first in a series um, featuring the character of Special Agent Aloysius Pendergast. That is a name. best he's actually (laughs) beloved in some literary circles so such a good character and for some reason they wrote him out of that movie it's his series and and they made a movie of it but they took him out yes yes weirdest fucking thing (laughs) what the hell and my dad and I he's the one who introduced me to those books when I was a kid I'm like sixth grade I graduated (laughs) out of kids books I need books to read read Pendergast and it's really like X-Files. We watched the X-Files when I was a kid all the time. And those first few novels are like monster of the week, something supernatural is going on with a killer or a monster or whatever. And you've got this badass special agent investigating it. And I feel like we need to remake the relic with that character starring the one and only Mads Mikkelsen, <laughs> who would be perfect. He is perfect for that role and we just keep on going with the series yeah roll it out got our own franchise guys come on you sold me on that i would 100 percent watch that it's so good the 97 movie didn't sound that great but when when you tell me like that the trilogy and this aloysius guy and i'm like this sounds fucking awesome no it's awesome it is awesome and i love that you don't have to have the same shit over and over again right in the movie because your hero is the one going through it yes in every other franchise it's just like the same kind of like villain Mm -hmm. hero thing over and over and over again and this is just badass hero conquering monsters yeah (laughs) it kind of sounds like like the da vinci code ish kind of thing but like cooler and like with like supernatural and monsters kind of stuff yes i know what i think yes I love it. Yes. Yeah. Two things I love the most, serial killers and monsters. Yeah. Right. I'm like, that's a badass. Yes. Bam. Let's do it. All right. Somebody get Blumhouse on the phone. Give this lady Jason. a call. Jason, call me up. Make it happen. Make it happen. Get the rights and start start writing that shit right now and have Blumhouse get the rights to the series. I'll write it. I'll write it. I'll bang out that screenplay. There it is. You got it right here. Right here. Right now. <laughs> That actually does sound cool. I hope that does get made because that's something that I want to watch. Yes. <laughs> um, is there any horror film you think should be off limits to reboots and remakes? So there's some that I think they shouldn't remake. Or, you know, they did and it sucked. <laughs> they, you shouldn't remake that movie. But this is going to be controversial. I think aside <laughs> from those, like, you know, few things like, People have tried to redo The Exorcist a thousand times, and guess what? It sucks. <laughs> Just for whatever reason, it doesn't work. It's not You can't capture that twice. Right. Like, even as much as I loved Hannibal, I did not want them to do Silence of the Lambs because that's, like, one of my favorites. I don't know how you could remake Silence of the Lambs and have it work right. the way that it did. But I think if you can redo a movie and do it well, you should be able to. And I think way too often, like, I love the horror community, obviously. I love that we're so passionate about the films we love, but we get precious about them. Yeah. And I think both can exist. People you get silent about it. We do, we do. A new movie will come out, we'll just shit all over it. Like, no, how dare you redo the movie that I love? But, like, when I was, you know, I watched horror movies all my life. The summer... Um, before my senior year of high school, my cousin and I spent the whole summer watching horror movies together and kind of did like a horror movie education, right? Because nice. we just watched all these movies. We watched the original Texas Chainsaw and I can appreciate it for what it is. I love it. It's a great movie, but it didn't really affect me that much. Mm-hmm. 
just because of the journey that I was on right. with horror films. But then, like, right the next summer, the remake came out of Texas Chainsaw. And we saw that in the theaters, and it scared the shit out of us. <laughs> when it was done, we just sat there, like, just watching the credits. <laughs> what did I just watch? It really got under our skin. That's what people felt the first time they watched the original. Right. Why can't we have both? Yeah. Why can't we let people have the movies that they need to have? <laughs> and I had the same experience with you with the remake of Texas Chainsaw yeah. Massacre. Like, I think we were probably right in that, like, sweet age bracket right. where it's like, okay, this movie is going to fuck you up. If you're yes. outside of this age bracket, maybe not so much. But if you are, like, it is going to seriously fuck you up. Like, my little sister right. and I went to the theater to see yes. that. And, like, that shit gets intense very early it on. It does. Like, it does. Right I, off the bat. Yes. <laughs> I really feel like they went, okay, the original was, like, intense. Mm-hmm. But we need to make it even more intense yes. for the people that have it now. And they did. <laughs> so they, much they so really that did. I didn't think I, I mean, could sit through it. Like, if I, we looked at each other and I was yeah. like, I don't know if I can do this movie. And we did. But, I mean... It's yeah. very rare that I feel like I might need to walk out on a movie because it's just too over the top or intense. Yeah, like the experience. hitchhiker scene. The hitchhiker scene is classic. Right. In the remake, they did a total. <laughs> they did a 180 on that. And it was nuts. Yes. Where everybody just went, oh, shit. What am I watching? Like, <laughs> and what am I in for? Like, right. Like, just like yeah. you said, maybe. I'm not ready for this. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I'm on that level. We fully right? just dollied through this bitch's skull. I don't know if I can handle this. Which is so great. I love that. I ate so that up. So fucking cool. I ate that up and then I went, oh man, if this is what we're starting with, yes. where are we going to go? Because I'm like, okay, well, we're here already. So I don't, I, we don't have a, like, where else are you going to take us on this? Yes. Because I feel like we've already maxed it out right off the bat. Right. Right. And they just were like, nope. And nope, I'm terrified. Yeah. Here you go. Here you go. <laughs> well, that was really well done. And it gave me an appreciation for the original because then I watched that and then I was able to go back and watch the original. And I absolutely right. love that movie and have such respect for it. But right. I don't know if I was 17, 18. Uh, I don't know the first time I saw it. I'd maybe seen pieces of it, but it didn't right. resonate with me the way that the original, or sorry, the way that the remake did. Right. And I think that both movies should exist yeah and both experiences are valid if you don't right. i really think if you don't want to watch the remake then, then don't. don't watch the remake <laughs> right. and shut the hell up about it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> let the people who want to watch it watch it and enjoy it you can go watch the original because right. guess what that still exists yes that I, that's for anything though like not even just remakes i feel like people are so quick to shit on like if i'm if i say that i enjoyed this movie who the fuck cares? Just let me have that. I enjoyed it. That was my experience. If right. you fucking hate it, don't watch it. You don't need right. to come and tell me how bad yes. it is when I said that I love it. Right. I feel like we need more of that. If you don't like it, just shut your mouth yes. and move on. You don't have to engage with me, <laughs> right. the person who liked it. Yeah. I'm looking for other people who liked it. Exactly. Talk about it. I'm just looking for other people to nerd out on this with. I don't, I'm not going to debate you on this as to, right. as to exactly. why it's a good movie. Like I have no interest in doing that. Right. And a lot of times I just feel like I don't, I shouldn't have to defend myself. Right. Like I don't even engage in that at all because I'm like, why would I do that? Like, I don't, I I enjoyed it. Period. Goodbye. Like that's, that's all I have to say. Exactly. So I think if you, I think if you could do it well, do it. Let's do it. Agreed. And I, I do have to say, I'm, I'm, I have come around to that. That was maybe not always my mentality. You know what? Because I think we, we're you know the about the same age when that big remake boom happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and some of those are awful. Right. <laughs> some of them are really good, and a lot of them I didn't watch because mm-hmm. I'm part of the horror community, and everybody's like, "No, we hate the remakes." Right. No. So I didn't watch them, and now I'm going back and watching them. Like I just watched the Fright Night remake. I had stayed away from that. And guess what? I loved it. It's fun. I yeah. thought it was so much fun. Yes. <laughs> we had such, and at, the, and at the end, they brought out a cover of 99 Problems. I was like, <laughs> this is so much fun. And I see where they were going. Mm-hmm. And it's different from the 80s one, which right. I also love. Yes. Yeah. You know, we can love them both. Both <laughs> valid. <laughs> 
<laughs> Amen to that. And I, I have gotten much better about that. I was maybe a bit snobby about yeah. it before, but not anymore. Now, I agree right. with you. If you can do it yeah. and do it well, by all means, have at it. If I don't like it, I will just yeah. shut the fuck up and not watch it again. <laughs> yes. Yep. Me too. Yep. You'll see. You'll notice. Oh, Mary's not talking about this movie. Yeah. She must not have liked it. <laughs> if, if I don't have something nice to say, I won't say anything at all. Like <laughs> Exactly. Yes. If I have praise, I will praise it highly, but who, nobody fucking cares if I'm like, this was extremely not my jam. Right. It doesn't matter. Right. There's a movie for everyone and there's an audience for every movie. And yes. I'm not and, always going to be that audience, but yes. you're not. <laughs> yeah. And I do, you know, I do want more original content, but you know, if they're making a movie for somebody, let that person have their movie. Exactly. <laughs> Especially because I feel like those remakes get younger generations into horror and we, it need, does. we need that. Yes. We yes, need yes. that. Like how many people, when they heard they were remaking it, said, no, you can't remake it. Tim Curry scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. And it chapter one was amazing. Yeah. There are so many young kids who got into horror because they Mm -hmm. wanted to see that movie. And it's cool because like it, the TV miniseries with Tim Curry, like I was already into horror, but I watched that when I was far too young to watch it, but it like extremely solidified my love for the genre. And it like fucking traumatized me, honestly. But I'm like, kids these days are not going to go back and watch. I went back and watched that miniseries. A kid in 2020 is not going to watch that. And they're not going to be, they're not going to watch it and be like, oh my gosh, this is so effective. Like, that's just. Yeah, no, it's not going to stand up for them. No, they're used to, they're used to something different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They have up to the ante. So having those kids watch that movie, it's not going to do shit. But the new right. make, it's, yeah, that's, it's going to traumatize them the way that it was meant to. <laughs> yep. Yep. But at the same time, they did it well. So, so many of us got to enjoy exactly. this new update. And we yeah. got to enjoy Bill Hader in chapter two. Yeah. It was definitely the best part. <laughs> I actually, I still like chapter two. And then a lot I of did people too. were like, not that great, but I really enjoyed it. I liked it too. You know, there's a couple plot holes, but you know, you can't. <laughs> That's going to happen when you're redoing it. Yeah. I think the best part for me about chapter two was I enjoyed the kids they cast so much in chapter one that I was like, uh, I feel like it's going to be lacking yeah. for me because the kids just made it. They were but so I good. feel like they so perfectly like the adults like must have studied the shit out of these kids in chapter oh, one. Oh, yeah. And just embodied oh, yeah. And I Yeah. And I heard that they let the kids kind of throw out names of who they thought should play them. Mm, okay. You know, that's cool. like that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Who would you pick? I don't know who I would throw out to play me. Somebody absurdly like not like me at all, but just I'd be so excited for. Oh, I have no idea who would play me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't know who would play me. <laughs> that that would take because I'm like, I want to think of somebody good, but it would be somebody that would be like, Angel, that person can't possibly play you. Like they're nothing, like it doesn't match at all. And I'd be like, that's fine. I'm just right. throwing out names. This is my idea. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um let's see ah okay you're the final girl in a horror film what do you want your kill song to be all right so you're not (laughs) gonna have to worry about any licensing with me okay (laughs) I don't want a song that already exists oh I want a score I think we need more horror movie scores that are kick-ass okay because I love horror movie scores so I think my final girl song this one tripped me up and I actually like was asking my friends and family and stuff, <laughs> what would my song be if I was a final girl? And then, you know, nobody nice. knew, <laughs> but I think it would be something like total hard rocking guitars with full orchestra behind it. Ooh. Like, like mid two thousands, Evanescence or Silver yeah. Shaker. Like it, it, that cool. is my jam. I love that you just referenced Silver Chair. I haven't heard a oh. Silver Chair reference in forever. <laughs> oh my God. Love of my life. I love Silver Chair. Love it. Fuck. I, really I actually have a DVD Chair. of theirs right down I'm here. Serious? <laughs> yes, I'm serious. I'm going to pull it out. Well, then we need, we need Silver Chair to write a song for you. Yes, that's good. Oh. They're going to write a special Oh, we're going to get Daniel Johns and Amy <laughs> Lee together to write something? Let's do this. Because <laughs> I need those morose, angsty <laughs> lyrics. That Amy Lee just cuts to my heart. You Everybody see, said I'm, Evanescence. I'm a simple girl. You don't need to. Uh, you don't need to license. I just need these two mega amazing <laughs> musicians 
to specifically write me a song that embodies my spirit yeah. and my soul. <laughs> yeah, the one who's in a totally different country writing a totally different yeah. style of music now because he was a prodigy, <laughs> so now he's moved on. Oh, oh, that would be my dream. Like, I don't need somebody cool to play me <laughs> in the movie. I'll just play me. Okay. You got that badass score. Yeah. Done. Done. What would yours That's be? That's cool. I don't know. I like... I've been asked this question and I don't like, I need to have yeah. answers to my own questions in case someone throws it. Right. <laughs> um, I think the answer I last gave and the first one that always pops into my head is, is like, it's not, it's not very original, but living dead girl. I don't know when that song comes yes. on, like, I feel like mm-hmm. myself, but not myself, like an enhanced yes. character version of myself. I like get I, that. I do whatever. I get that. Rob <laughs> Zombie does that. Right, Dracula too. Dracula does do that, that to me. Too. Like this yeah. is it hits that sweet spot between yes. the hard rock, which I need, <laughs> and the monsters. Yes, mm-hmm. I'm like I could do so many things to this song. I could be like some kind of weird zombie stripper, or I could be an assassin. Like I could do whatever the fuck I want to this song. Yeah, I like it. I like it. <laughs> it's like that song comes on, and it's like an alter ego comes out or something. You know, it is. It is. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, probably uh, that would probably be my kill song. <laughs> I like that. I like that. <laughs> I'm like picturing it in my head. So I'm like, <laughs> try I'm like, hold on, focus, yeah. bring it back. But I'm like seeing the I kind of feel like head. it might be in like black and white. Mm. Little pops of color. Yeah, right. Like certain things are red and certain things yes. are other colors you can see. Yeah. But it's black and white. Yeah. Black and white. I have a lot of the teals and the reds coming in. Mm-hmm. Black and white otherwise. Yes, I think so. <laughs> yep. I dig it. I like yours though. I like that you were like, no, I need them to write me an entirely new song. <laughs> I need, I just need a score. Thank you. I need a that's theme. A, that's a really good answer, actually. <laughs> Mary's theme to kill to. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> All right. My last question for you. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Let me clear my throat to make this very official. <laughs> Why horror? So for me, there isn't anything else. Okay. You know, I don't know if it's a nature or nurture kind of thing, <laughs> but horror has always been my favorite thing. It's always been the way that I've kind of interacted mm-hmm. with the world and pop culture. And it has always been the way I express myself. Always. Like Lil Mary in sixth grade started writing poetry like Poe. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like it's always been there. Mm-hmm. And so for me, there's nothing else, man. Just what I got to do. I like it. I love that. I feel very, I feel very similar. So when I hear answers like that, or like I, when I meet people that just, but I I feel like I can already tell that about you without even asking you that, like just having talked to you. I'm like, I already know that this is like who you are as a person. (laughs) Like, And I know some people be like, Oh, that's so like sad or bad. Like that's dark. Oh no, no. Whatever. But I've always been of the mind that you can't have the light without the darkness. Exactly. Yeah. You know, like in Moonlight, in the story, the story doesn't work if you don't have the love of the wife and daughter, Uh which is me expressing my love for my husband and daughter. Mm -hmm. You know, like who cares if you're going to kill the people you love if, you know, like who gives a shit? Yeah. If If you're going to go do something tragic. the carnage. Yeah, there's no, you know? there's no loss to balance it out. Like carnage for the sake of carnage is not, there's nothing really interesting about that. At least not for right. me. Yeah. So when you throw you in know. that humanity and they're like, well, this is, there's a lot at stake and you have all of this to lose. Like that's what makes yes. it interesting. Yep. Especially in a short story, you're like condensing this and you have to like create a sort of empathy and like create that. Yes, I give a shit about this person that I've only known for a couple of pages. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. it's like, you have to throw that in there because otherwise it's like, "Hmm, okay, yeah, that was cool. But like, so what? (laughs) Yeah. For me, there's always got to be an emotional core and you Mm -hmm. will find that in all of my short stories. There's always that emotional core. Speaking of where can we find more of your work? (laughs) Well, let me just say it is October. (laughs) It is spooky season. There is some cool stuff coming out. In October. Um, So the main thing would be check out my Twitter. Um, That's kind of where I've decided that's going to be my horror stuff where I'm going to put myself out there. So check out my Twitter at mparkerhorror. And um, anytime something new happens, it'll be on that page. Got some cool stuff coming 
it'll probably, by the time this airs, it might already be out the October stuff. Okay. Got some cool stuff coming in December. Got a really big project that is in the final stages that I wish I could talk about. Oh. I can't, I'm so excited. It's been <laughs> like two years finally happening. Awesome. Um, you know, and on my, my main link on my Twitter page is to my Amazon where you can see my book that's out of print. You can find out of print copies on there and the couple anthologies I've been in is on there. Cool. Okay. And I will link to all of that below. Thank you. <laughs> yes. It was so fun talking with you. It was. Thank you for yes, having me. I really appreciate awesome. it. <laughs> um, yeah, we've talked like a little bit on Twitter back and forth and stuff. Yeah. And, like, but I'm actually glad to like, like face to screen to screen talk yes. with you, you know? <laughs> yeah, I love this. I love this idea. We need more of it. Uh, yeah, thank you. All right. <laughs> Working on that. Okay, so I will link to everything down below. Check out your Amazon, your Twitter, find all your stuff. And yeah. thank you so much, my bat queen. Thank you. It's thank you. you. <laughs> thank you for having me. Absolutely. Anytime. I'll have you back on again when you can share some more uh, more of the stuff that you're working on. Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Let's, I will hit you when I know dates. I'm going to hit you yes, up. <laughs> please do. Please, please, please do. Because this is amazing. Like, I live for this. All right. And oh, yeah. Halloween. Happy Halloween. All right. right. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Once again, thank you so much to Mary for sharing her awesome story with us and for paying us a visit and for being super cool. We had a little bit of technical difficulties. You know, I can't even call it technical difficulties. It was most definitely user error, uh, the user in question, me. Uh, And Mary was uh, very understanding and super cool about it. So thank you, Mary. And happy Halloween, you creeps. Uh, it's here. I can't believe it. It was like a month of Halloween stuff. And then suddenly it was just like, wait, what? It's Halloween now? It's happening. It's happening. It's happening. It's happening. Um, it just like got away from me. Uh, I'm not ready to say goodbye to it yet, though. Although I guess the benefit of uh, horgo problems, you know, um, I don't have to say goodbye to it. I get to do this all year round. And... Luckily, there's creeps like you who also are into Halloween year-round. So we're going to keep doing this shit. But happy actual Halloween. That is something very, very special. Thank you, fiends, so much for coming along uh, on this ride. Please like, comment, subscribe, share. And uh, I think that's all the werewolf of Elm Street has got for you today. It feels weird to be a werewolf without the teeth because that's like always my favorite part. Uh, but this was half-assed and it's really hard to talk with those teeth in because I just use like acrylic nails and denture cream and it's like the lower fangs stick out and give me like kind of an underbite. So like it looks cool, but it's hard to talk in. So half-assed werewolf. Ow! But thank you guys for joining in on this half-assed Halloween party. Uh, I know it's Halloween, but it's not over. I still have lots of spooky, good fun for you. So I'll catch you next week for some more spooky shit. You know what? I'm just going to throw this out there. If any of you work for Dr. Pepper, uh, whore girls drink Dr. Pepper, and uh, I would not mind being sponsored by Dr. Pepper. Just, I'm just throwing it out there, you know? I'm just putting it out into the universe. <laughs>